0: Log Talk Radio. tonight on reaching out Radio international in the word with sister pearl and i am thrilled to be your uh, hostess tonight we're going to do a second part of make me salt make me light wasn't that a wonderful song i really really like it so i chose it cuz we are to be the salt that god has upon the earth we're to be his light And so I want to welcome all of you that are listening in from around the world in over about 94 nations. Last week, I welcomed the the newest nation that we have, Paraguay, to our listening audience, and I am just so grateful. Today, I I gave a very special shout out to one of our evangelists from the nation of Pakistan. And so I want to thank you, my brother, for your encouraging words that you've been listening to Reaching Out Radio International. I believe you've been listening to all of the different program hosts. And uh, I am so encouraged and I'm lifted to know that what you've been hearing has been a blessing to you. And I pray that as you listen, that you will be built up in your most holy faith and that you will be encouraged to be God's salt and be the light of the Lord where he has planted you. Amen. So we welcome the nation of uh, Paraguay, uh, Venezuela, Italy, our last three nations that have joined the other 91, and we just are so grateful. Whether you're a man, or you're a woman, you're a boy, or you're a girl, listening from the great continent of Africa, Asia, Europe, Australia, the Oceania Islands, uh, whether you're listening from North America, South America, Wherever you're listening tonight, listening from the Caribbean, listening from Mexico, we just want to greet you in the name that's above all other names, and that's the name of Jesus. We pray that you'll be blessed. So let me go straight into tonight's word, and I pray that it will be a tremendous uh, upliftment for you. Make me salt and make me light. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown down and thrown out, trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that you may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, I would love to go through the entire message that we did last night, I mean last uh, Sunday night, but of course we cannot do so. So I encourage you, when you have the opportunity, to go and listen to part one of Make Me Salt, Make Me Light. I spent that entire message on making me salt. Tonight I want to do the majority of the message on we are the light of the world, but just for a quick recap for those that heard last Sunday's message and those who did not, salt is a necessity that we need daily in our lives. It is used not only to flavor our food, it is used to preserve Food where there is no refrigeration, it is used. Salt is used in washing. Um, soda, it's used in all kind of medicinal purposes. It's used when people faint and they put smelling salt before their nostrils. It's used to hurt to help hurting joints, like when we use Epsom salt. It's used for so many purposes. It's used even when we make a, a special solution and uh, the doctor is trying to set broken bones, plaster of Paris, which has salt in it, is used. I'm telling you, salt is used by everyone in every culture and everywhere all of the time. Salt is everywhere, and God has called you and me as believers of him believers followers of the lord jesus christ to be his salt on the earth like i said please go to part one and you're going to hear a much more thorough explanation of what salt does and why we are to be salt on the earth the last part i gave you about five different uh definitions and descriptions of salt the last one i i gave last sunday night was salt used as a fertilizer because salt also fertilizes, okay? It's a chemical or natural substance added to soil or land to increase its fertility. We, as men and women of God on the earth, are here to enrich, to preserve, and to promote growth and increase fruitfulness. We're here to protect against disease, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. And so that's why God says specifically that we are to be salt on the earth. I take this very seriously as a daughter of the Most High God, and I hope that you will take it just as seriously. You are salt on the earth. We've got to understand who God has made us so that we can work and move appropriately accordingly. One of the things that I shared with you last Sunday night is I told you about a woman that was in the same church I attended as a child. It was my dad's church. And she stood up and she gave a testimony. And I will never forget it for as long as I live. She said God, I thank you for delivering me. And now I am asking you to help me to live a delivered life. That resonated with me. It really said something to me, even as a much younger child. I understood. God opened up my understanding to perceive what this woman was asking of the Lord and asking the rest of us to pray for her for. She said, I thank God for delivering me. And now I want God to help me to live a delivered life. Many of us have been, all of us that are in Christ have been delivered out of darkness into his marvelous light. And yet many of us are not living as people who have been called out of darkness. And then I also gave you a story, and I'm going to give it to you real fast tonight. This is a very brief version of a woman that was considered a a very poor woman. She lived like a bum, basically. I can't say it any nicer. She lived as if she was a bum. She lived begging and pleading and walking the streets in rags, um, sitting on the corner, eating out of the garbage, and when she passed away and they went to the apartment that she had, they looked under her mattress after they took her frail body from the mattress, and they found hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not at least a million dollars in cash. And yet this woman lived as a pauper. She lived as an extreme beggar and a poor person. She was wealthy. She had a lot of money. But she did not live like she was wealthy. She lived extremely poverty-stricken. You and I that have been saved, that have been washed in the blood of Jesus, that God has taken out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light, we are to live like what God has has done for us. He said, and I'm going to stress on this tonight, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, you are the light of the world. A city is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, and that means before women too, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Will you bow your heads in a word of prayer with me? If you cannot bow, that's quite all right. You might be driving in your car. I don't want you to bow your head and close your eyes if you're driving. Please don't do that. (laughs) You might be in your workplace and you're on your lunch break, and it might not be convenient for you to bow your head. That's okay. Just listen. And in your heart, bow with me and agree with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for giving me this opportunity that I can break the precious bread of life with all of the people around the world that are listening to Reaching Out Radio international tonight, Lord God, whether they're listening by Roku, uh, they're listening on the podcast, they're listening on the internet, they're listening live, uh, whatever platform they're, they're listening on, I pray that the word of God will come clear and that you give me sharpness in the spirit, clarity of mind that I might preach the glorious gospel setting men and women free, setting uh, people that you've raised up to be leaders within their nations so that they will be more equipped, better equipped to share the gospel, that they can teach, that they can preach, and that they can make disciples, oh God, and that they will be able to stand, they will be able to shine, they will be able to be preserving factors, they will be able to be flavorsome, making your word palatable to those that would hear, to those that would listen. God, do it that at the end of the day, your name will be glorified. Your name will be honored. Your name will be exalted. Your name will be spread abroad and magnified. God, use your handmaiden to speak forth only what you would have me to share tonight. Make it a blessing to the people. For those that need to be cut, so that they may be healed, then do the cutting. For those that need that bomb of Gilead, we thank you that your word is that bomb. Lord, you never leave us with open wounds, even when you have to cut us, even when you have to break a leg. You do that in love and mercy so that we might walk properly, so that we might be healed of illness and sickness. And go forth in health and be able to uh, go forth and and show the love of Jesus, shine the light of Jesus, be the salt, and then multiply that others might also receive what you've given us. Be exalted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to read you another scripture before I get into this word that we are to be uh, the light of the world. It is taken from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Again, I just read from Ephesians in the New Testament, chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. But what does light mean? Light is the natural agent that stimulates sight. It makes things visible, like the light from the sun. Light brings illumination, brings brightness. It glows. It's an expression in someone's eyes indicating a particular emotion or mood. It's like when you are in a class. And perhaps they're going through some kind of an algebraic equation, and you did not understand five minutes ago. But somehow the teacher explains it in another way, and all of a sudden, the light dawns. It's not a physical light in that way, but the light comes on in your mind, and you begin to perceive and understand that mathematical equation. So it's an expression in someone's eyes indicating a particular emotion or mood. It also means having a considerable or sufficient amount of natural light. You're not in the dark. I love it when light, uh, when morning comes and light, you begin to see light come through the curtains. In Jesus calling us the light of the world, we are to bring things visible for all to see. We are to shine God's brilliance in this world, shedding light on what is God what is good and exposing what is bad, exposing the deeds of darkness. You know, sometimes I like to make a joke but this joke is very real. When you think about the the meaning of it. If you've ever seen a roach, a cockroach, and I think most of us around the world have seen cockroaches in our life. Well, cockroaches, they love to dwell in darkness. Ever had a roach, even if it's just one or two in your home, you will notice that when the lights are on, the roaches are not visible. But the minute you turn the lights off or you go out and you leave your apartment, you go outside for hours, even if you have one roach, when you turn on the light, all of a sudden that roach is there. But that roach is now in confusion, very confused, and looking to see how they might hide back in the crevice or back behind some closet or some underneath of some uh, thing that you have in the house that they do not want to be seen. Darkness hates. And for many of you that are in Jesus, you live as light in the world. And some people do not like you. It's not because you, you did something to them. But darkness hates the light. I've been in situations where I I just would come into a room. I didn't say anything. I wasn't wearing any buttons about Jesus is Lord or Jesus loves you. I just come in, and not everybody, but there's always a few that immediately begin to feel uncomfortable. I automatically know as I've lived with, you know, as a, as a believer, I've lived in the light for decades. Now, thank God, and because of the mercy of God in my life, you know, I understand it. I'm not even angry with these people, but they'll already be giving me, like, the evil eye or looking, you know, down on me or looking with some kind of a, a disapproval because why? They deal in darkness and when I come in, the light of Jesus has just entered the room. Now, that doesn't happen every time, but a lot of the times. And if you belong to Jesus, you're going to notice the same thing. You don't even have to say anything. You don't have to be um, mean. You don't have to be with a sour face. But not everybody in a large group is going to like when you come in. The, the more that they're in, steeped in darkness is the more uncomfortable they're going to be with you if you're living in God's light, if you are being what God has called you to be, if you're living delivered, if you're living as salt on the earth, if you're living as light in the world, you will not be liked by the majority. Now, let's talk about the Word of God and how the Word of God speaks about four different types of light in the Bible. The first, uh, I would say, type of light that is revealed in the Word of God is found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Lord, be glorified in everything that is said and done in this message. Be uplifted. Be honored and bring illumination to this word, we speak against all distraction, we come against all darkness, we come against all hindrance that would try to stop this word from going forth. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And thank you. Amen. So again, the first type of light spoken of in Genesis 1 verses 3 through 5 is talking about the cosmos. Relating to the universe, it's distinct from the earth. Inconceivably vast, paired with an artificial light or any other type of light, but the cosmos light. And God said, let there be light. Wow and there was light. That's to show you the type of awesome God, the type of big and great God that you and I serve. So that's the first type of light spoken in the word of God. The cosmos, relating to the universe, distinct from the earth and inconceivably vast. Then we talk about another type of light, spoken up in the word of God, and I'm going to read from Judges chapter 19 and verse 26. At daybreak, the woman went back to the house where her master was staying, fell down at the door, and lay there until daylight. So in this scripture, it talks about natural light. That's the second type of light spoken of in the word of God. Natural lighting refers to the lighting that is generated naturally with the help of natural sources, such as the sun or the stars. Two types we spoke of so far, cosmos light and natural light. The third light is the miraculous light. Miraculous light in a way that seems like a miracle. It's amazingly and seemingly inexplicably He had been jailed but was miraculously released with all charges dropped. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 12 and verse 7. This is a time that Peter was jailed. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. That's taken from Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Acts 12, verse 7. So this is talking about a miraculous light. And that light came from the angel that the Lord had sent, his jail cell. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. That's not ordinary. That's extraordinary. So that's three types of light so far. The cosmos light, the natural light, the miraculous light, And now I'm going to talk about the artificial light. And that's also spoken up in the word of God. It's taken from Acts chapter 16 and verse 29. The jailer called for light, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. This is when Paul and Silas were in jail, but then God delivered them, uh, broke off their chains, and delivered them and walked them, escorted them out of the jail. Artificial light is talking about uh, like a flashlight, a strobe, of course, but it also means any street lights, indoor lighting, or other man-made light sources. Like, for instance, probably back in the uh, time of uh, Peter, they probably had like a, a wooden stick or a bamboo stick that they had uh, put a, a small fire at the top. And while the fire was natural, but it was made by man. So we call it like an artificial light. Light is metaphorically or figuratively spoken of as the very nature of God. Light describes the nature of of God himself. And you might ask, well, where do you get this, Sister Pearl? I get it from first John in the New Testament. We're not talking about the Gospel of John now. We're talking about the epistle, the the book of John near the end part of the New Testament. First John chapter one and verse five. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light in him there is no darkness at all there we go and what are we talking about tonight that god said jesus said you are to be the light he said you are the light of the world that's the first part of matthew 5:14 that's the first clause you are the light of the world do, do you understand that man of God? Do you understand that woman of God? You are the light of the world. Jesus is no longer walking on planet Earth, but he's got you. He's got me. He's got other men and women of God, young people. We are the light in this world. Wow. May God help us to understand that. Light is also descriptive of the word of God. Now, we just heard that light describes the great portion of the character of God. God is light. The Apostle John said, God is light. But you and I are also his light on the earth because we have his Holy Spirit living inside of us. So while Jesus is no longer walking on the earth, he has you and he's deposited his Holy Spirit inside of you to be carriers of his light. Light is all descriptive of the word of God. We read this in Psalm 43 in verse 3. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. We hear in another scripture, your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. So light is descriptive also of the word of God. When we share the word of God, with men and women, we are shining forth, his light into the world. This is serious. This is why we need to establish the word of God and hide the word of God in our hearts so that when we speak, we're speaking not only from our words, because our words are not going to really set a person free, but the word of God in us, being released from us, is a light goes out as light. It illuminates, it captivates. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Psalm 43, verse 3. Light also describes the wisdom of God. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness. My goodness. And light dwells with him. I just read from Daniel chapter 2 and verse 22. Now, what was the context of that verse? It was Daniel, the man of God, was able to interpret a very deep and troubling dream which King Nebuchadnezzar had, and he was able to shed light and interpret the dream. Now, due to his ability to interpret the dream that this king had, he also saved his life and the lives of others that the king was depending on that they were not able to interpret the dream because he was ready. The king was ready to kill everybody, all the wise men. He was ready to just do away with their lives. And, and, and Daniel intervened and said, hold up, hold up, king, and let me go to God, the God that I serve, because I believe that God's going to give me illumination. God is going to show me your dream, and he's going to reveal to me the deep and the hidden things, and that's what the light of God does. You know, some of us, when we're ministering to someone, God will begin to show us things. This has happened to me several times. It's happened to other men and women of God several times as we're praying and interceding. We just wait a minute. Sometimes the person can't tell us because they can't even remember. But Then God will give us wisdom. It's called the word of wisdom. He'll give us wisdom, and his light will shine on that situation, whether it's for us personally or it's for that person that we're ministering to, and God will begin to reveal the deep and hidden things because he knows what lies in darkness. You can't get away from God. God is the omniscient God, the all-knowing God. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. There is nothing that escapes his eye and his understanding. The man of God, Daniel, was able to interpret that dream, and thank God he was able to do it. You and I need to pray to the Lord to know how to discern even, that's another message I talked about it last year. We need to be like the sons of Issachar and be discerning of the times and the seasons that we're living in in 2023. So there's a lot of things that are done behind closed doors there's a lot of things that are not going to be reported on mainstream media there's no way that we're going to be able to understand what's going on just by watching videos and listening and watching to television shows and other kinds of news we need to discern things to reveal what is going on shed his light that we might know how to handle and how to operate and how to respond. So light also describes the very wisdom of God. Another description of, of, of the light of the Lord and us being his light in this world its talking about the favor of God psalm verse I mean Psalm chapter four verse six says it like this: many Lord are asking who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. I, I want to say this very clearly tonight, and I pray that you will discern that what I'm saying is correct. When you and I walk into a situation when we're in right relationship with the Lord and we come into a situation, we come in the scene, do you realize that favor is coming in? Because of the light of the Lord in and through us, We bring favor to a house. We bring the favor of God to a town. We bring the favor of God to a community. We bring the favor of God to a situation. Or, I've got to keep it real now, in some circumstance, we bring the judgment of God. I spoke about this last Sunday night because one of the aspects of salt is not only to be a preserving factor, but salt also can annihilate, it can wipe out, can destroy, it can obliterate, it can do damage, it can attack. If you want more on that, you can listen to uh, part one of Make Me Salt, Make Me Light. But light, it does both. It it, it, It brings illumination, which is blessing, but it also exposes wickedness. It exposes evil. And so when you and I come into a situation, we can bring favor where there needs to be favor brought into that situation as light in this world, and we are God's light in this world, but it can also do damage in the way that we're exposing evil, and that's good. That's a good thing. But, of course, the people that's working the darkness, they're not going to like that. They're not going to be comfortable with that. And that's going to be an irritant, and that's going to disturb what's going on. And that, in some cases, is going to destroy what's going on. It's going to stop what's going on because light is coming in. It can bring the favor of God and the blessing of God. It can also, light can can expose evil. Light also speaks about God's guidance. He guided them with the clouds by day and with the light from the fire all night. Psalm 78 and verse 14. Then again, In Psalm 89 and verse 15, it says, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. Oh, my goodness. There's so much confusion in this world because I believe too many of God's people are not allowing the light of Jesus to shine brightly in us. We need to let God's light in us just shine. Don't cover it. That's what we we, we heard at the very beginning when I read from Matthew chapter 5. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. The problem is, and I'm talking right now to the believers, I'm not talking at this minute to the non-believers. I'm talking to those of you that are men and women of God, whether they be young, old, you know, older, in between, seniors, whatever. Do not allow the light of Jesus in you to be dumbed down but let your light so shine before men and women so that they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, you be you. When I say you be you, I don't mean you be you in your flesh. Well, I just want to be me. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. You be you as a child of God. You're not in this world when you're born again, you're not in this world to glorify you. You're in this world to reflect the light of Jesus, the light of Jesus in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the light of Jesus in you is greater than the darkness that is in the world. So let your light so shine before men that they may see you obeying and honoring God. And by doing this, you are glorifying God, your heavenly Father, in heaven. Are you with me? I pray you are. So just as it is in the natural, I believe, It can be in the spiritual. Just as Jesus, when he spoke this world into existence, and remember the word of God says in John, the gospel, chapter 1, nothing was made that was not made by him. So he was there at the very beginning. This is why I have to say to my Catholic friends, I love you. God bless you. But before Mary was ever created or was ever born, Jesus was there because he's God, and nothing was made without him. So when God spoke the universe into existence, that was Jesus. When the Bible talks about let there be light, that was Jesus saying let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. cosmos, I believe hmm, that when God's people speak truth and live truth according to the word of God, we're as a, a a vast light in this dark world, shining. Yes, I'm not saying exactly that we're the cosmos that was spoken about in Genesis chapter 1, but hear me. I believe that when we Allow the light of Jesus to shine through us. It is a lot more than what we think it is. I'm telling you, it's deep. It's deep. It's a natural light. It's a cosmos light. It's a miraculous light. I tell you, it's light when you and I will allow God to have his way and have his will in us and show unbelievable. Matthew says it like this in his gospel, Matthew 4, verse 16. And and even really, uh, Matthew is quoting from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. The people living in darkness. And I want to ask you a question today. Are the people in your nation's Living in darkness. I don't mean that there is no electricity. I don't mean that they can't see their hands and their feet and they can't see other people. Or they can't see the trains and the buses in their homes and their children and their coworkers and, and, and they can't see the No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in society, in the culture. Think about it. Are the people living in light or are they living in darkness? When I think about the masons and many of them in high places around this world, they're holding high positions, but they do their deeds in darkness. Think about the... The very wealthy families like the Rothschilds and the Bilderbergs and the Rockefellers and the names go on and on and on and on and on. When they're doing what they do, are they doing that in the open or are they doing things in darkness? Because they don't want people to really know what is going on, even in sororities, don't they cause the people that join their sororities, whether it be male or female, to do certain, you know, things? And what do they do? Do they tell? Do they have it in a in a, in a plain book and pass it out for everybody in college to understand? No. They do certain things in darkness that they don't want their parents to know. They don't want the other college classmates to know about. They are people that are living in darkness, committing evil deeds. Do they want it known for all the world to see, or do they hide in tunnels or the back of the hotel or the back of the bar in the corner in the dark? The people living in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. When Jesus came to the earth, the people were living in darkness, but Jesus is the light of the world. And when he comes to indwell a man or a woman that has surrendered their life to him, then we also become the light. One of the scriptures, which is actually Jesus speaking to his disciples directly, which I often quote, and to me sums up much of what the master's will for us on this earth is, is found in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. I love these verses because it's plain, it's clear, it's concise. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything, them to obey everything. I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, in another version, it talks about, and teach them to observe you do what I taught you to do. And by teaching them to observe, watch how you obey me, you are teaching them what I want them also to do. But see, in this world, we think, well, you know what? Uh, That's not my right to infringe on somebody else's culture or somebody else's quote-unquote religion. That's not what Jesus told his followers. He said to go into the whole world, make disciples of all nations, and teach them, come into obedience to what I have commanded them to do. Because at the end of the day, we're not talking about some kind of religious figure. We're talking about God who made the world. Okay? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the God that made the universe. There's not 15 different gods, you know, you know, that, well, this culture has this God, and that culture has their own God, and then this people group has their God. Yeah, that's what they do, but they're all false. There's only one true and living God. Let's not get it twisted. There's only one. Because in the Holy Word of God, the Holy Bible, there's only me, only God. I don't know of another God. God's made by an individual with concrete or mortar and clay that's molded. That's not a true God. That God cannot hear them. That God cannot intervene on their behalf. That's a whole other teaching. We can talk about that. A lot of times those are statues that have been, you know, that, that have been, you know, some kind of demon is behind that. It's not God. Because there's not millions of gods like what they serve in India and and in many uh, nations around the world where they have millions of gods. There's only one God. I'm going to just keep it real. I'm reaching out Radio International. I would be lying to you to make you think that there's more than one God. There is only one. There's only one. He said, I don't know of another one. And that's what God says about himself. You and I are to be salt on this earth. We're to be the light in this world. You have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. I've got to take it seriously. This is not a joke. This is not a, oh, no, I I can perhaps... Be light. I can perhaps be salt. No, no, no. You are accountable before a holy God. If you have his Holy Spirit indwelling you, it is your responsibility to be what God has made you. Salt on the earth and light shining brilliantly. The last scripture, there's so many I could give you, but the last scripture I want to share with you before we pray is from 1 Peter in the New Testament, chapter 2 and verse 9. I'm going to read the whole verse. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation. God's own purchase, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of what? Out of darkness into his marvelous light. You and I, as blood washed Daughters and sons of Jesus Christ have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what the word ecclesia, which is the word for church, means of the living God. It means that you're one of the called out ones. Called out of what, Sister Pearl? Called out of darkness. And you've now walked into and walking into. His marvelous light. And because you're walking in light, you shed light in this world. How are these ungodly people going to know about Jesus? How are they going to know truth from a lie, right from wrong, if the people of God don't teach them? And we have a responsibility to teach them. I just read to you before from Matthew chapter 28, and I read to you verse 20, and Jesus said, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is not an option. This is a responsibility. It's an accountability before God, and that God will hold us to this when we stand before God. He's going to ask us, were you my salt and were you my light? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, oh my Lord, I bow before you and I ask you to forgive us for not being salt the times that we were not salt We were not preserving. We were not palatable. Uh, We were not obliterating evil. We were not shedding forth your light. We were not bringing illumination. We were not guiding. God, forgive us. And God, now help us to take our responsibility and our calling very seriously to be your light, to be your salt. for those that do not know you, Lord Jesus, I pray that they will call out to you because you said, cry unto me and I will hear and answer you in the day of trouble. And God, if they don't know you, they are in trouble. They're in serious trouble. Anybody who does not know you as their Lord and Savior is in trouble, deep trouble. So I pray. Wherever they are, they will just just stop or go into a secret place and bow before you in total acknowledgement of their sin and ask you to forgive them of everything that they have done that displeases you. We know that they will not be able to live a life that you can bless unless they ask you to forgive them of their sins, they confess their sins, and they believe that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead and paid the penalty for their sins, and that they invite the Lord Jesus to come into their lives so that you might direct them, you might give them the power by your Holy Spirit to say no to the devil and to say yes to you all the days of their life. God, around this world, we're reaching out radio internationally, is being heard in over 90 nations. My God, allow men and women to come to the foot of the cross and be marvelously saved. And for each one that is washed by the blood of Jesus, may they now begin to be salt on the earth and the light of the world, that many will come to Jesus because of their life, their testimony, and their witness. Bless them, I pray, and make them a blessing that multitudes can come into your kingdom while it is still called the day. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe you for great things. Amen and amen. Well, this is the end of this broadcast tonight. Or oh, whenever you happen to be listening on demand, I want to bless you in the name that's above every other name, the most powerful name that can be named. And that name is no less than Jesus, our master, our soon coming king. We pray that you will draw near to him and know that he loves you more than anyone else in this world, and he will help you to come to him when he calls you home, eternal life. So God bless you. I love you, but Jesus loves you so much more. Until next time, this is your Sister Pearl. God bless you. Bye-bye.